Welcome to Change Making Women, the podcast for women who make a difference. With Ziada Bade in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, and Marianne Clements in London, in the UK. Hi, Marianne, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you, Ziada? Uh, I'm fine, thank you. Um, so it's another session for our podcast. Yeah, and, and it's just the two of us today. And yeah, and I had a question that, um, well, something I've been thinking about, and I've been thinking about it particularly um, because of uh, the upcoming uh, election. I was going to say emergency election. It's not an emergency election, but it's like a, a sudden election in the UK. And um, because we have uh, a woman prime minister at the moment, Theresa May, and she's called an election. Um, uh, recently and slightly perhaps unexpectedly and so I've been thinking a little bit about um, women in power and women in politics and women leaders and about the fact that I've also known about quite a lot of projects um, in my time working on women's rights that are trying to get more women into into positions of power in parliament and government and stuff and I sort of wanted to ask the question like if women are in power <laughs> Are things necessarily better? <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a very good question, actually, um, uh, because most of the time, you know, as women, we take ourselves as uh, we what what's the word that I'm looking for? Uh, we multitask. Mm-hmm. So we feel like we are superheroes, so superhuman. We can do um, a, a, a lot of things at the same time and we're hoping that we get everything correct. Mm-hmm. So going through um, this, I think it was a research done in uh, Malaysia, if I'm not um, mistaken. Mm-hmm. And, um, they just wanted to find out what are some of the reasons, you know, women become leaders, first of all. Mm-hmm. So, um, just to read through the, the, you know, some of the interviews and what they establish is that so according to their size, you know, their their survey uh, sample, they they say that they believe that women mostly are passionate about community development work. Mm-hmm. So, so it's the the sense of personal involvement and caring about the community that drives them and they want to be leaders. So they also have desire to serve and to ensure that the establishment of harmonious community, you know, mm-hmm. by building a friendly, safe, sound environment, you know, they also feel like it's time to give back if they've been, you know, privileged enough. And there are some of the women that just believe by becoming leaders they are helping to empower other women to do something that is important to them Mm -hmm. you know by providing that platform and giving them more opportunities you know develop developing them one way or another so you find that there are different reasons but but according to this research it got me thinking as well like okay probably when we start as women in leadership positions we have good intentions but Mm -hmm. then and we want to develop the society or the community and, you know, give out equal opportunities and, and so on. But then the question is, do we ever have that platform to do such? Mm, 
Yeah, that's that's an interesting way of looking at it. So yeah, around like the platform women have, because generally men have, well, for centuries had more of a platform in, and, 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 and taken more leadership, right? So, so for many of us, it's about how do we, how do we access the platform? But I guess I was also thinking when, um, when, when you were saying that, like, that I don't necessarily see those qualities currently being demonstrated by our prime minister. And so I'm like, it's kind of like a weird one because um, as someone that committed to women's rights and wanting women to be able to, um, you know, achieve whatever they want to achieve and to there being a greater uh, number of women in power and in politics and leadership in general, to then sort of have, and it's the second time in my lifetime that we've had a woman prime minister who I don't necessarily mm. agree with or even think is particularly good for for our country and for some of these things for communities for whatever and it's interesting you know it's like <laughs> you start asking yourself the question and the thing that I came to the last few days when I was thinking about this was well the truth is that you know if you were to see like an equal world in which women really you know had were on an equal footing with men then there'd be plenty of women you disagreed with and men that you disagreed with too but that wouldn't be in any way remarkable because you know it's like you wouldn't agree with anyone everyone and that's okay you know and I, but i think what's interesting is like is is like which women are right are the ones that tend to rise to power you know right now the way the world is mm. and then like looking at our example here and kind of seeing a woman who um has become in like the last I don't know, it's like however long it is, less than a year that she's been prime minister. She she looks very kind of, um, uh, what's the word? Maybe looks harsh is not fair. I don't mean, I don't mean about how she dresses or anything. I just mm. mean her, the impression that I'm getting from, from sort of tracking not very committedly what, she, what she's been saying and doing is quite a kind of... Um, different to the idea of kind of enabling positive community and mm. kind of essence of women being about encouraging others and the, and it's mm. actually quite harsh and it's like you know Brexit means Brexit is the famous one but it's also that kind of attitude and, and the one with which she launched this election was like kind of I want to get rid of all the people that are against me so it was quite like it was kind of like divide and rule you know yeah <laughs> which is like you know, and there's no reason why a woman shouldn't be like that. Of course there isn't, but it's kind of an interesting um, thing to kind of get your head around as a kind of committed feminist and believer in women's equality to realise that actually, okay, so we've got a woman prime minister and in many ways I wish we hadn't. <laughs> but of course it's not because she's a woman. <laughs> not really. But, but I guess, okay, I, I would like to ask you this question. Mm -hmm. You've had a, a woman prime minister before. In your own opinion, how did you think um, like her performance was? Okay, so I was one or two when Margaret Thatcher was first elected. And in my household, um, she wasn't very popular. But she was popular with many people in this country. But, you know, when you're two, you, 
And, and, and actually, of course, I didn't know about her when I was two. But when you're five and six and seven and maybe you begin to see these things or you begin to see newspapers or begin to understand there's something called politics, she was still and she was prime minister all of my not all of my child. Yeah, actually, she and then the man that came after her, but that party was still in power all of my, the time mm. I was in school and college. And, and, and my sort of, uh, so my take on her was a bit like my take on Theresa May now, to be very honest, which is like, she's kind of playing this hard game, as it were, as in it's like a tough, she's doing tough you know, and she's doing, um, and maybe you have to do tough to make it in our political system, you know, but, but, um, and so it's like, she's doing tough and she's also doing things that are, um, well, she now Thatcher did many things that were, um, what's the word could be seen to be like, not, not for, well, she, she, took, she took resources out of the kinds of things that like support people who don't have jobs, who are struggling, all that kind of thing, and, put, and tried to sort of privatise things and encourage people to kind of buy their own homes. And this is a very simplistic thing. But, you know, she was, she was very, what we call in this country anyway, kind of a, a right wing. So she was, try, she was trying to like reduce the support that government gives to um, ordinary people which is very strong in this country right in general has been since the end of the second world war anyway my overriding impression of margaret thatcher was you know don't really agree with things that she um <laughs> she did right mm. but, you know okay it's good that we've had a woman prime minister but now i've got another one <laughs> that i don't agree with <laughs> and some of the reasons are similar which i find interesting so i wonder mm. if that in our political system you get there as a woman by playing this quite um tough game and by playing um quite a strategic game mm. and and actually on the left on the sort of more socialist side on the whatever you want to call it more liberal side women haven't risen to positions where they might become the prime minister yet. That's not good either, right? <laughs> you know? But then isn't it because perhaps we, as women, once you see a woman uh, leader, we expect a lot from them. I mean, we expect like this messiah to come down and solve our, all our problems. Could be, certainly. <laughs> Maybe. But then, you know, but then at, at the same time, you know, it's like it's politics. I mean, we all know how politics are, and we all know once you get into the office, you need to play sort of strategically, so to keep yourself there as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah which exactly, and that's the same for it's no different for women in a way than men. But perhaps, well, perhaps what's different is that they're, as you said, judged more harshly, perhaps, and. Uh, yeah, and people, you know, maybe we do, we expect too much, we expect something special or different, and actually, they're human beings, just like any man who's in power, and, and then, and then, I guess I start thinking something that makes more sense to me, which is that, like, we just need many more women in power, and they won't necessarily do what we want them to do, <laughs> but it needs to be something that's not unusual or um, remarkable mm. but it's just something that is completely normal and yeah in this country we do have a number of women in parliament but I guess I was I was interested in this sort of um, place of now having a woman prime minister again and feeling 
pretty unimpressed by her <laughs> myself personally. You know. um, yeah, yeah, but actually, you know, but it, it, it's kind of like the problem is that's remarkable. Mm. <laughs> so then we expect a lot. And then when it doesn't measure up, it's like, uh-oh. Whereas actually it should just be as normal as it being a man. And then, and then they could just be judged on their own merit, right? Something like that. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, sometimes because, you know, as women, as you say, yes, we are gearing towards, you know, having sort of equality, although that's going to take a very long time before we get there, you know, both all men and women equally in position, um, either politically, corporate world, whichever sector that is. But you know, at the same time, maybe the only way to do that and to get there is to have this persona uh, to compete into that world. Because you almost feel like, you know, a woman leader is competing in that sector to prove yeah. to prove herself that she can do this job, to prove yeah. herself. Because you sort of have a lot to prove once you, you put on that hat. Yeah, and so the, the, that, that sense of competition about it might even, yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess that in order to commit to that, you've got to have a real drive Mm-mm. to achieve it. And I guess in a way that's, the, that's, that's always the issue with politics is that it's, you know, you've got to be really driven to actually be in that position to be even in the game because <laughs> it takes such a lot of effort and commitment on your part so absolutely, absolutely. so so yeah so you have to be motivated by wanting to be in power and presumably on some level wanting to make a difference in a positive way it's just you know we all see what a positive difference is obviously differently <laughs> if you were given a chance to tell her you know just change this one thing what do you think you would have told <laughs> you would have told her we're we talking about Theresa May. Or we are Mark? talking about Theresa. No, we're talking about Theresa May. Oh me, yes. Oh. Abandon Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> you voted. She supposedly voted with May. Okay. okay, but she didn't campaign about it. Refused to campaign about it. And mm-hmm. then, as soon as the thing happened, she becomes the prime minister that is like going for it tooth and nail you know, like hardcore in a kind of fighty way with the EU and then also like trying to kind of crush anyone that disagrees with her. And um, I think it's bonkers. <laughs> so that would be my one thing. But if I could let that go um, and sort of be kind of strategic and a bit broader about mm. something and just sort of let put Brexit to the side for a moment, then it would be... Um, how could you be meaningfully like finding ways to really um listen to Mm. women's concerns you know and I'm not sure that our politics is set up for that I mean it's supposed to be like MPs Mm. listen to their constituents but you kind of have to go along and have a problem and then you say you know I've got this problem can you help me with it but, but what about them proactively, like, calling communities of women from different parts of society and, and just listening to them, you know, like kind of having mm. conversations about particular issues and getting input from different people and finding a way to use that power to actually be, to be listening to a broader range of voices about, about stuff and doing it in a, in a different way, you know? 
mm. in a way that isn't just like, oh, this is what the papers say, which I feel like quite a lot of what goes on in our politics is like the papers are saying this, so the politicians react and vice versa. It's kind of like a bit of a little, you know, yeah. <laughs> circuit. And um, yeah, you know, how could you, how could you more meaningfully take the concerns of women? And it would be men too, right? But, but maybe women because, because, you know, we know that they've been less front and center for many years, you know, in, in some ways. Just finding those places where people, women are underrepresented and trying to figure out, like, listen to a broad, a broadness of views and opinions from women about the things that matter to them and, like, try to, you know, make meaningful change based on, you know, what a lot of people think rather than just trying to be politically strategic. But I think, you know, that's, that's not the easiest thing. <laughs> in the sort of politics that we have which is very much about like winning and losing you know like you either win the election and you get all the power or you lose it and then you know you're just sort of complaining for the next five years <laughs> yeah absolutely you know <laughs> I'm not even sure that it works very well sometimes because <laughs> it's so like yes it's so like one way or the other you know it's so like black and white in a way or whatever the right word is I don't really know the right mm. Yeah, never had a woman woman president in Tanzania, right? Uh, in Tanzania, no. But uh, I mean, when it comes to at least Africa, we are doing a, a, good, right. a good job. Um, uh, because all right, uh, the first uh, the first uh, person who actually just broke the ceiling was Liberia's president Ellen Johnson. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that was what in two thousand and six uh, yeah. we won that presidential election, and then in twenty fifteen we had another uh, uh, first elected female president that was from Mauritius. I think I can pronounce her name correct. Amina Garib Fakim, and then uh, what I think twenty twelve there was a, another female president from Malawi, Joyce Banda, but of course she didn't. Um, yeah. She didn't stay long enough in the office and mm. she was there by virtue of having been the vice president at the time when the when the president um i think passed away yeah. so yeah so i mean it hasn't been as bad yes we still have a long way to go but i mean if you if you look at um the whole of africa i mean figures are not so bad <laughs> we talk about women in in leadership and I remember when you told you asked me a question. Was it you or one of our guests? Um, which country has more female leaders? And it was Rwanda. It was Rwanda. That's right. Yes, three point eight percent. And actually, Tanzania is not very far off. We had number twenty four. It's not a very good number, but we have thirty six point. You know, thirty six percent. You have countries is that, such as is that MPs in Parliament. Yes, That's, so this is a yeah total total ranking, and uh, this is you know it's according to Brookings dot edu education, um, mm -hmm. and then you have for instance our counterparts in Kenya, they have nineteen point seven percent. Interesting, that isn't it? It is very interesting. We are not so far off in terms of Africa, but yes, you know we the world is waking up to to the importance of having women involved, but at the same time still have sort of a long way to go 
Yeah, and it sort of begs the question. So in Tanzania, 36% of parliament is women. Have you got the list there? What's the UK one? Um, this is a 2015 um, uh, compilation, and it was provided by the national parliament. It says 29.4%. 29, that is. It's 29. So there you go, 36 is better. And so then the question becomes, how do they take on you know, women's issues, do they take on women's issues or do they find themselves kind of playing a political game in which, you know, Mm. that they're kind of not necessarily doing that or not wanting to be seen to be doing that? And I don't Mm. know the answer to that, but it'd be interesting to ask them and it might even be interesting to get some of these women on sometime (laughs) and ask them about this because I think it's just an idea I have like you know um about how how that could you know women in power could be Mm. being representative of women yeah you know we have all these women in power but then are we actually letting them do the job that they're put there to do yeah and and uh, I find that so fascinating that the yeah, that those statistics so fascinating because it also does suggest you look like countries like Sweden and where they do have um, for you know and, and all those um, countries in um, what do you call oh, Nordic countries like Norway and Sweden and stuff. I imagine they would rate highly, and they generally they have a bigger kind of um, social social commitment. So you know that there's more help for everybody in that society from the state and people therefore pay more in taxes but they get more out so there's a sort of different bargain going on and it does seem like where you know there's there might be some sort of equation with that and you know the number of women in power and you know conversely in America we've just seen with what's happened with the Obamacare thing Mm -hmm. and and, and Trump changing that, you know, the, 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 the net, the sort of social support net in, um, in America is pretty thin. <laughs> and um, it, as far as I can work out, you know, watching from a distance and, and again, not, not very thoroughly, but like, you know, it, it's pretty hard to get the things you need if you're a person that's struggling on a very low income in America, but, you know, healthcare just being one of them. And um, so there may be there, it'd be interesting, I'm sure someone's done that, we could have a look, but whether there is a correlation in general between like, a lot of women in power and how you provide for society in a more kind of equal and fair way, I don't know. It would be mm. very interesting to find out. Absolutely. We'll have to do our research after the show. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. We'll see. I mean, let's hope uh, the numbers will go up, but we are also hoping that they actually give them that platform. And the... Um, again for them to perform their duties again to you know because you know for years women have been oppressed somehow so (laughs) we need we need not just a representative to sit there and look nice but we actually need a representative whoever that woman is to actually come and solve our problems one way or another it might not be a hundred percent but a forty percent would will be just fine yeah and I think that you know part of that is also um making being in parliament and in power something that is what's the word that possible at the same time as for example having a family or tending to the other things that many women feel you know rightly feel that 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 are very important to them and I know I, I saw when I was first breastfeeding my son there was a I can't remember which parliament I think was it in the, somewhere in the Netherlands or in Denmark or 
there was a, a, a woman MP who breastfed in Parliament and that it was sort of being circulated mm. um, on social media as, you know, a positive example of, you know, how you, you, it is possible to have this enabling environment. And, and, um, and I think, you know, I've, I've heard a lot that, um, you know, being an MP in this country, certainly probably in most places in the world is a pretty busy full-time kind of a job. Mm. So it's pretty hard to balance with, you know, other commitments in your life, family life and stuff. And that may actually be why less women, you know, push themselves forward to, um, to, to being sort of in the, 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 uh, the prime minister kind of space and stuff. Cause I imagine that that's a pretty busy job. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Margaret Thatcher did have children, but I think they were growing up by the. I don't remember now. I'd have to check that. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. There's something about that. Like, like if we've made like being a politician something that's like takes your whole life over, you know, and also something where your whole life gets scrutinised and and all that. You know, there's some things that would put you off. They would put me off, you know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Let me know when you're going to stand for Parliament anyway. <laughs> oh my God, I am the worst person to take any sort of office. <laughs> I don't have the patience for it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I understand. I don't think yeah. I do necessarily either, but um, yeah. Anyway, it's been really interesting to talk about Absolutely. Thank you very much, Miriam. And we'd love to have, you know, a woman, a woman politician on the show. So if anyone's listening and knows of somebody who might like to come on and talk to us about this with a lot more um, knowledge and information to back up (laughs) what they're saying, we'd really love to hear from you. And you can um, send them the podcast and you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Change Making Women, Stitcher or SoundCloud as well. So um, you can be updated when new shows are released and we've got some exciting guests coming up in the next few weeks so yes. we look forward absolutely. to sharing them with you absolutely and our theme tune over and over was written and performed by Eleanor Brown who you can find at eleanorbrownmusic.com <laughs>